This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Paul Osborne joins us uh, in studios, the uh, City Hall Insider, publisher of the uh, Decatur Tribune, your independent locally owned weekly newspaper, and former mayor of Decatur, twice elected by the uh, folks uh, here in our community. Uh, sunshine makes a difference, right? Oh, big difference. Yeah, I, I know in... Uh you know, looking out my windows, a gray day, it, it affects your, your attitude, I think, for that day. But uh, it can be eight degrees out, but if the sun is shining on the buildings and everything. And we don't have the wind. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to me oh, we've always had wind, but not, I mean, the last couple of few years, the wind seems like it's way more than it used to be. Well, it makes it a lot colder, you know, than yeah. it is. It's one thing to have eight degrees or 10 degrees, but when that wind's blowing, yeah. and you're below zero. No, and- yeah. Feels like minus 30. Hey, <laughs> yeah. all right. We're going for a record that minus 50 today. No doubt about it. All right. Nick had a question for you. Okay. Uh, he's discovered some historical fact here that he just assumes you have knowledge of. Uh, or, or maybe thinks you might have knowledge of because you write so, so much of the Tribune. In fact, by the way, Nick, cover of the Tribune today is about Buddy Holly yeah. appearing in Springfield. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, 12 uh, days after the music died, February 3rd, 1959. You can read that in today's Tribune. But he has a question about there was a, a, a boxing champion. Yeah. Uh, so Decatur was the home of Ken Overland, Overland who mm-hmm. was the world's uh, middle-class, middleweight, champion of the world at boxer and he left decatur he uh, he went to decatur high school left decatur went into the military started boxing won the world championship came back to decatur and owned a a tavern or a bar like just a block away from here i believe directly next door to our family's drugstore i think it was called the uh, main street tavern it was on east main street and uh, a mayor uh, shut him down because, according to Wikipedia, because of all the disturbances that continually happening happened. The story was told to me by an older citizen several months ago. It just came back in my brain, and he said that it was known for the riffraff coming in, and he'd he'd box them out, throw them out in the street. And I thought, man, that sounds like for like the last couple of years, right? So yeah. I was thinking, man, who would I ask about that? And the, and the only person I could think of that might have a hint of an idea would be. The uh, walking encyclopedia, Paul Osborne. You thought I maybe part of their riffraff? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe you got thrown like out Paul in the gutter. Spent a lot of time in taverns <laughs> yeah, that's, over that's the years. Probably one place I haven't patronized much, but I, I recognize the name. I really don't know much about the history of it. Oh, okay. But I the name. What, what time frame are we talking uh, nine, about here? Nineteen uh, forties. Okay. Uh, I believe he was gone by forty-seven, and then moved to Springfield, and then got booted from Springfield, and then uh, you know went on about his way out of out of the Midwest. He was elected to the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2015, so pretty notable citizen. Kenneth yeah. Edward Overland, yeah. uh, born in 1910. Uh, he was also inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame yeah, 2015. Uh, in 2015, mm-hmm. so a, a notable uh, figure. Uh, now, you as mayor know your way around uh, bars and what happens in parking <laughs> lots and, and how hard that is to sort of manage, right? Well, yeah, back at that every mayor has. Yeah, back at that time, you know, the uh, the mayor was also the liquor commissioner, and here you had someone didn't drink who was the liquor commissioner, but I didn't close anyone down except for, uh, when they broke the rules, and and now that has been separated. You have a liquor commissioner. I didn't I didn't realize at the time I could do that, and. Uh, 
I think when Tuna became mayor, uh, you know, because of his affiliation with SCEF, they decided to separate that from the mayor's responsibility. Right. Because there might be a conflict of interest there. But, uh, yeah, the mayor has, uh, well, the Liquor Control Commissioner now has a lot of of control over these liquor licenses. And if you don't obey the rules, uh, then you lose that license and you're essentially out of business. And some have gone out of business and some have sold that liquor license to someone else at a at a tiny profit. So there's a there's a lot that goes on in keeping uh, you know these places in in business. But uh, as I mentioned, I recognize the name. Yeah, it was on and, East Main Street. Where, where, where does West become East? Right here, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, main and Main. Uh, so the Main Street Tavern in 1947 was uh, by order of the mayor due to frequent disturbances. Uh, closed down. Uh, as Nick said, he went to Springfield after that, and then to Reno, Nevada, where he got pistol whipped. And I mean, this is like sounds like like something you'd see on Netflix, yeah. right? Yeah, it sounds like fiction almost, doesn't it? My mom told me because our drugstore, I believe, would be directly next door to this, maybe even touching. And we're talking about just you know a few hundred feet from us. Yeah, she said that you couldn't go on the other side when she was a little kid in the fifties because Merchant Street was littered with a bunch of taverns and and yeah. things during the time. And so you stay on this side of the block. You don't go that way. And that For, was as a kid. That I was mean. Inlows, right? Yeah, Inlows Drugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which was owned before that by someone named West's. It was West's pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. It was right down there. Yeah. Yeah. You could see it from here. See the spot. Exactly right. And where the Bears mural is. Yeah. Is, is where that would be. And when it was uh, the early pharmacy, you know, years before that, that's where people went because there was a balcony on the side of the building. Uh, people went to get the news for Decatur, that someone would come out and like, yell the news to the people. That's before we had modern media. So wow, pretty that's easy cool. to Brian, deep, deep Brian fake did. that. You could just go out there and go, oh, yeah. I'm Nick Smith. <laughs> yeah. Here's and the news. Hopefully they didn't come from the tavern over there <laughs> to give the news. <laughs> so... But yeah, yeah, Brian. If you lived back then, you've been doing it from uh, from that balcony. I, you know what? <laughs> that wouldn't be bad, uh, except when it's you know cold, cold uh, like it's yeah. been the last couple of days. Well, there you go. Um, uh, great history, you, you know. Which is, as I said, one of the things I really enjoy about the Tribune every week is just taking that little walk back in time, and, and it's kind of a, a, a microcosm of just America as a whole, as you know, we've changed throughout the years and things happen. Uh, but you've, how, how did you? What's this Buddy Holly story? I haven't a chance to read this. What's what's up with this? Well, it's uh, the anniversary of uh, I think February third, nineteen tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, nineteen fifty nine is is when that. And I can tell you, I was a senior in high school, you know, when that happened. Shows you how long ago that's been. But uh, w- when that happened, it just cast such a chill over over teenagers and so kids. He, he didn't play in Springfield. He was scheduled to play yeah, in Springfield. Twelve days after he was killed. Yeah. And that, that he was going to be coming so to So people there. had tickets and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But, uh, you know, then it was 45 uh, RPM records that you heard. All the kids had records with Buddy Holly and the Crickets and Richie Valens and, and the Big Bopper, all yeah. three who were killed there. And, and uh, so I think anyone probably my age or going back when they were in school and heard that news – uh, it was such a shock because when you're that age, you don't have people dying, you know, famous people dying like that or being killed who aren't much older than you are. And I think it brought the reality, you know, that death can come anytime. And then just a few months later, uh, my best friend was killed in a car accident uh, coming back from a date uh, train, you know, hit his car and that. So 
I think uh, I think that uh, makes you realize how brief life can be. And uh, when people you know or entertainers that you know that aren't uh, too much older than you pass away or are killed, you know, life can be fragile. Yeah, he was 22 years old, <clears throat> and um, y- y- there is that moment. I-, I I think whether it's a you know the Challenger exploding or you know those kind of things where people kind of go. You know, and you have this collective reaction, right? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And it just, and I think because, uh, you know, you hear songs, you know, regardless of who the entertainer is, particularly back at that time, you had a connection with them. It, you tied that person into what you were doing at that time. And as a teenager, you hadn't lived much life yet. And, uh, and you're right. I think when that happens, uh, you know, you, you pause and you think you feel vulnerable. Yeah. at your age and so i th- i think uh the unfortunate circumstances of his death and just you know he's just getting started in his career had big hits and uh, he would probably be the one he wrote a lot of hits uh, at such a young age that people thought you know why did that happen and uh, and even today uh, for most people you mentioned buddy holly and the crickets uh, yeah. you know there's a recognition that's been over 60 years ago that's crazy <laughs> I'm having one of those moments right now you were just talking about uh in Iowa you know and a lot of you know for Iowa's size and population there's I mean they, they kind of like you can go there and see the field of dreams you can go see the monument uh to to Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper uh they just lost their you know their uh I don't know how long they've had that first primary you know and had such an yeah. important part in, in presidential politics uh they're our neighbor yeah, they get a lot of attention for the population they have. Yeah, yeah, they do, and and probably a lot of that attention, uh, you know, has come because of uh, all all the media hype about the uh, primaries yeah. and things like that, which will be going away. I think. No, now. there's there used to be. Uh, and still is, uh, and you, you know where like people would vote with a kernel of corn. <laughs> I mean, it's like a poll, but not really a poll. You know what I mean? They still did that. I mean, this last go round. And then the caucus thing, I don't think anybody really understands that. Yeah. No, no. I don't Let's think sit around and eat pizza and argue, and then we'll go this guy, no, we'll go that gal, no, we'll go this guy. I think it, it's a good thing that we're taking that away from Iowa. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, I don't think it's representative. Iowa's a great state. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they're our neighbor. But well, I, and, I don't but, think they represent. No, Iowa, New Hampshire, come on. Yeah, yeah. they're not representative of, of America in general. I wanted Illinois to get it. I mean, yeah. uh, careful what you ask for, because they will descend on you like the plague. Uh, I mean, it would be locusts. Uh, uh, but I, I, at least Illinois feels like more of a representation of the entire United States. Well, you're exactly right. We have the big city. We have Chicago. We have farmland. You we know. have people that aren't white. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, we have all the we have all the elements here, uh, and uh, and you know the reference to Iowa is it's just a different different kind of state, different kind yeah. of mix than than we are in illinois we have a little bit of everything here and a lot of some yeah hey uh you wrote about uh congresswoman nikki Budzinski in your uh city beat today doing the valentines for the troops as a just a a, a heads up i don't know who it's going to be but evidently at the state uh of the state address next tuesday by president uh, Nikki Budzinski, our congresswoman is going to have a guest with her there from decatur hmm. for the address 
a veteran? Or do you I don't know? know. She's going to join me, uh, us, Monday morning or Tuesday morning ahead of the address. That's all I know. Uh, is uh, It's kind of vague, uh, but I was talking to her guy, texting uh, yesterday, and, and so we're working on trying to get that scheduled for Tuesday morning to announce who that is, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, and I think also uh, they're making every attempt, I think, to keep everybody informed. And I know uh, since she was elected, we've been getting you know, regular updates. Day. Yeah, we have. And what's going on, uh, what committee she's been appointed to. and everything Ag else. is very important for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can you think of one more important? Nope. Uh, you know. Uh, well, she's on the veterans uh, and and ag. Both, both. Of them. yeah. Yeah, both probably two of the most important ones mm. as far as representing our our area that mm-hmm. uh, that she does have slots on those. And I think uh, uh, you have to look at this and say, you know, let's see how this turns out. You know, she uh, she could be very helpful to us and and for our district. And you kind of pin your hopes on her and what she's going to be able to do there. And uh, I, I think. Uh, She's working hard and uh, uh, keeping everyone informed, certainly keeping in touch with you and myself and I'm sure all the media about every little thing that's going on. Now, in fairness to Congresswoman Miller, I do get emails from her camp. I mean, they're generic. There's no, like, personal contact. But she has been appointed to serve as the vice chair of the House Committee on Education and the Workforce. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been getting them, too. I, mean, I think it shows a picture of her with committee members and yeah. that kind of thing. It's, and uh, and so her first press release about that was all about banning books and trans. And, and you know, but when you start with, well, if Hitler got one thing right, it's getting the youth on your side. The education committee seems to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no contact contact. It's just a generic email that's sent out to a list of media members, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, and I, I don't get as much from her as I, as I do uh, from Mickey, but I think from the standpoint of what she's giving to us, it's a little bit different than what we're getting uh, from uh, Nikki Batsinski. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little more meat maybe on Nikki's and saying this is where we're going and this is what I'm doing. And it seems like some of the stuff she's doing is, is pretty important and it will help us back here. You know, I, I, I look at, uh, you know, education where you could really make a difference and it's, it's a uh, subject of conversation that needs to be had and we need to have it in a real way in this country about public education uh, uh, today. I, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. But the idea that your first press release is about uh, treating parents like domestic terrorists and locker rooms, and I, I mean, it, it just, I, you know, are, you're just, you're playing a role. You're not leading. Well, I I think what uh, what gets me about you know s- several politicians, several office holders at this point is, it it's all about getting a message out there. We're standing up for you. We're we're doing that. And, and if you just send fifty dollars, yeah. And I, I I guess that you have an opportunity now to do some to really lead. constructive lead. things. Yeah, and and lead. You don't need and, to scare people. Lead. Yeah, and, and and change things by example and by leadership. And I just don't think you get anywhere by constantly bashing yeah. this or presenting something to get people worked up. No, I'd like to know what you're going to do about getting kids to be able to read and do math. And it's very important to this school district, you know, that we have. I Any think. public school yeah. district. Yeah, and I think Paul, the dirty secret is like our area schools. They think uh, it's successful to have a 30 percent rate of being able to read and do math. Yeah, that well, I mean, in public education, that's the high bar. 
Yeah. That means 70% of your kids can't. Yeah. And that's just not acceptable. It's not. But they're worried know. about banning books in the library. Yeah. I, I think we need much more educated. They do. If we're going to grow as a community and, and if these kids are going to have a future, they're going to have to be educated. They're going to have to have an education. They're going to have to know what they're doing yes. when they get out of school. And that's what you work on. I, I think you you change things. By, by changing those uh, those scores, those test scores, by elevating, yep. uh, you know, the teaching methods and, and what's happening. And I think those who are elected to office right now have a golden opportunity, particularly if you're serving on committees that impact yep. on that, uh, to change things. All right. I'm going to ask you to uh, fill out a valentine uh, uh, and send it to Congresswoman Budzinski's office because she's going to be sending these to the troops. And I can tell you over the years, we've done enough of this uh, and gotten the thank you letters, whether it's Girl Scout cookies or whatever, that when you're serving, you know, in the boot of Africa, you know, and you get something from somebody who doesn't even know you that says, hey, thanks, it means something. Well, it does. And and you also have, you know, like Operation Enduring Support yep. that are constantly. Sending care packages. Yeah, that's right. And you can imagine if you're away from home, and I know, I I've had soldiers in my family, and and still do. That uh, you know how much that means to get a message of just even a kid writing something and saying you know thank you for what you're doing. You know, uh, we love you, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, that just goes a hundred miles. And, and here's the thing uh, that was not a problem before 2001 uh, on 9/11. You used to be able to just take a, a card if you wanted to do a Valentine's Day card, and you could just put U.S. Army, whatever, and it would get to somebody. Now, because of safety and logistics and the Internet and people identifying things, if you don't have a very specific routing number to do that, like you would have with a family member, you can't do so This is what's important. When she collects these, they're able to then get them to the troops. Yeah, and, and that's the important part, too. That's what this is all about, you know. It, it, it's... Uh, it's about veterans. It's about those who serve. And it's about uh, expressing appreciation and saying on Valentine's Day, you know, uh, we love you as a person. We love you for what you've done or doing, you know, for our for our country. All right. The deadline is Friday, February 10th. You can be you can drop off or mail them to Congressman uh, Budzinski's office in Springfield, 133 South 4th Street, Suite 300, Springfield, Illinois, 62701. Uh, and I realize if you're driving in your car, whatever, go to thekidatribune.com. You can get the story and get the full address. Yeah. And uh, worthwhile, worth doing. Yeah, and I, I think there's a real appreciation, particularly in this in this part of the country, you know, for veterans, and we probably don't focus on that enough, you know. Uh, that's great service. You know, you've served your fellow man. You've protected your country. Uh, you're a veteran. That's, that's, that's an honorable term to yep. be called. No Here doubt it about it. All right, Paul, we're out of time. Jeez, that went fast. See yeah. what the sunshine does? Yeah. Put a little pep in the stuff. It even speeds up time. Hey, we went back to 1959. <laughs> <laughs> we were all over the place. Boxers in the 40s. Yeah, and the tavern that Nick knew. The tavern where they've got problems in the parking lot. Jeez, that's like from last month's city council meeting. Some things never change. <laughs> hey, Same as it line. always was. Same <laughs> as it always was. Uh, Paul, we appreciate it. Have a great week. You too. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.